Hello, and welcome to the Property Solopreneur podcast, a show for property investors and developers who want to build and grow their own profitable businesses. I'm sharing with you my decades of property experience and interviewing many other successful property people who are happy to share their varied and priceless knowledge freely. Business doesn't need to be hard, and nor do you need to be lucky. But as a certified strategist, I know you need a plan to work to. And a good start is by listening to other people's successes and failures. Why reinvent the wheel? This allows us to have a more in-depth knowledge of the wider property world. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Property Solopreneur. Overwhelm. Not everyone suffers from it. Not everybody understands when they are suffering from it. We're going into autumn when I'm recording this. And this time of the year is when it does start to become a problem amongst many of my clients because the long summer holidays have cut down the working time for those with children. For those who haven't got children, they've learned to stuff far too much into the daylight hours. Christmas is looming into sight. And of course, that ends the year with a big, long stand-down holiday of Christmas and the new year. And interestingly, in September, many people almost have a reset button moment, you know, final push for the year, let's make sure that we get it all done and dusted, and they ramp everything up. It also becomes very obvious when you get back down to work what hasn't been done and what goals are not being hit. And if that wasn't bad enough, the nights are drawing in, the clocks are going back soon, and that means the days will get visibly shorter. Well, if you are feeling slightly overwhelmed, the first thing you've got to think to yourself is, have I caused it myself? Now, it's easy to think, I, I well, because I'm visual, visually, funnily enough, give yourself a mind picture. And the easiest one in property is the hoarder. And we all know what one of those is. A hoarder lives in a perfectly normal house, yet through their own behaviour, they slowly reduce the floor space and the quality of their own life. You know, they are unable to throw out, organise or do without stuff. And that means that everything piles up in the corner of rooms and threatens to overtopple and engulf the occupant. Some of us, we really do have the ability to be hoarders in our own businesses. We never take the time to declutter. And like a hoarder, all this problem, all these extra jobs that we should have got rid of just slowly creep on unnoticed until actually one day you discover that doing anything at all in your business is just too difficult and you've lost the fun and the reason for doing it. Now, sometimes actually overwhelm is nothing to do with what you've done. It's just because you're on the receiving end of somebody else's ideas or public pronouncements. And that's a funny thought of overwhelm, but it's no less real. It does stop people from doing things because the property industry is a very broad church full of, well, you go to any property investing circle and it's full of wildly diverse people. But if you've ever been to a property do or meet and you come away feeling somewhat exhausted or a fish out of water, it's probably because you've rubbed up against someone who just doesn't think on the same wavelength as you. And that's okay. But it's part of being in property that we've got to realise that that's what makes property such a fascinating world to work in. And we've just got to learn how to deal with these other thought processes so that we don't feel small or overwhelmed by it. Because There's no such thing as a typical person working in property. And I think there are an awful lot of us who actually come under the umbrella of neurodivergent. Well, have a look around you. 
if you think about it, the property personality profilers, which are often very popular in the property world, give us lovely names such as the star, the engineer, the lord. Those are just a few. But you could also relabel those groups with dyslexic. That's me. Dyspraxic. That's me. ADHD, OCD, on the spectrum, very driven, high performing introvert. I could go on and on and on. But each of those types of people think and work in a completely different way. You know, some people literally bounce about. They are full on. And to someone who's very introverted, it's really off-putting and sets their teeth on edge, frankly. So it does mean that sometimes you're going to encounter someone who may ask you something very intrusive or maybe abrasive or have what you consider to be an aggressive attitude. A classic was last week I was at a pin meeting and I was asked very seriously just how much equity I owned and how big my mortgage debt was. And when I said I didn't really give that information out, the person was really quite honestly rude. Apparently, I wasn't open enough. They were quite quick to tell me that. I wasn't open enough. I wasn't giving in the way that all property people are supposed to do and to support each other and help us each other. I, I wasn't playing the game. Now, I realised it wasn't just me when later on in the, in the uh, next break, I heard them say to somebody that this unfortunate woman, she was never going to succeed in property because, you see, they didn't eat, breathe and live property to the exclusion of all else. You know, this is what you have to do if you want to get on in property. You might miss that vital deal. But then I suppose it's very easy to be like that if you live in a rabbit hole and your life isn't enriched to the degree that some people's is with many different spheres and friendship groups. Unfortunately, having big friendship groups and lives outside property can sometimes make people think you're lazy or a lightweight in the property world. So I've met many people who've come to property meets once and never again. They'd heard they were great places to meet and do things, but they couldn't get on with it. So I've had to teach many of my clients mechanisms for dealing with these perceived attacks. Because, do you know, it can be very wearing to go somewhere, particularly if you're just wanting to hear about the turbulence in the mortgage market and you end up having to put the deflection shields up. But the best deflection shield is just a very simple one. It's just because you've been asked a question doesn't mean to say you have to answer it in the way that the questioner wants. This is not an exam moment. It doesn't mean that there's going to be a bolt of lightning or a clap of thunder if you actually answer the way you want to, if that means that you won't feel small or judged. So have a stock answer and don't worry if it's not the same as last week. Your business is your business. Um, I often find numbers popping out of my mouth, which probably don't correspond to what I said last week. But I don't feel that I have to open my entire spreadsheet to everybody all the time. I can keep to myself what I want to. Have a look, if you don't believe me, at the property Grand Fromages. You know, they talk about the properties they own. But you tend to find they're the same ones that are talked about time and time again on talks and social media. Partly, probably, because when you own a lot of property, there are some that just stick in the mind more for either good or bad reasons. Now, as solopreneurs, we quite often inadvertently create our own overwhelm because we're our own bosses and we forget that we're actually going through a curve when we run a business. Sometimes we get stuck. We get stuck often in startup mode. It becomes the norm. And that's an unfortunate one because it is the one when you're doing everything very fast, you're learning lots, and you feel that you are having to commit far more to your life than you would do normally. 
But actually, if you're in the consolidating part or perhaps even casting because you don't need to buy anything and you haven't got anything to sell and you haven't got anything to be refurbed, you should just actually perhaps be having a period when you just enjoy the fruit of your labour. So we need to be aware of what the work level is that we should be doing. And we can go away on holiday. And if you aren't able to, that's a little bell that should be ringing and you need to do something about it. You need to have a bit of an audit to prevent yourself from spinning into an overwhelmed vortex. Just don't let the boring, the tedious or the frankly just not you part of business take over. Remember those three words, simplify, delegate or delete. Good word, that one. I always like have a little pause delete because you can't sometimes get things back if you delete them, but it's a really useful thing. And as I've said many times before, I once bought myself a really useful button. It was a sort of little red thing from Staples that when you pressed it said, that was easy. And I found it enormously useful when I was going to delete something to press that button. Don't let the fear of not doing enough make you overwork. It's your choice. Don't let somebody else's idea of what a workload is burden you. And don't be guilty of not stepping away enough and not automating enough. Self-discipline is not just about what you do do, but what you don't do. You make the decisions. And one of the biggest problems is not having enough systems. Systems free you. They don't overwhelm you. And if it is overwhelming you, I think you might have the wrong system for you. Because as I say, if we've got all those different kinds of neurodivergent brains around us in the property world, we're not going to have one size fits all. And I suspect that's probably why if you look for software, there is actually quite a variety of it out there. Different things for different people. I think that systems do free you, even though, of course, those of us who are our own bosses want to do, well, we want to be spontaneous, don't we? We want to be able to do things whenever we want to. But actually, that means we don't get enough done and we can't do enough in a week. So if you've got your yearly appraisal, and I do hope you give yourself a yearly appraisal, even if that just means that you go, yeah, I've had a great year. I'm going to take myself out to lunch or whatever it is. Once you've done that, you've got three choices. You can either do nothing about the overwhelm or the problem that is going to threaten overwhelm, or you go and get new software or training to sort it out, or you just go, that's not me, and you outsource it. The second, I think, really good thing to do and implement is to time block, you know, because advanced planning sets you free from overwhelm because it prevents it. And I have to say that I do realise that, well, perhaps it's just me, that when you do have a holiday coming up, those last few days prior to you going away somehow seem to be so much more productive than all the other days put together in the previous months. Everything seems to just come together. It's amazing. But what you know, booked off time means is that you get time to go and do what you want to do, to remind yourself that if you're doing property because you want to be financially free and live the life you want, that you've got to go and live that life you want. That, you know, that was part and parcel of the whole reason for being your own boss. So you need to go and do it because you need to have a life to refresh those batteries so that you can approach everything with more enthusiasm, more oomph. Now, next year's diary is open my browser. I'm starting to populate it. Christmas and New Year 24, already cordoned off as our Easter. And the key sporting dates of Ascot and Wimbledon, which are unmissable as far as I'm concerned. And the ad, the accountant's annual day with us is booked. Uh, he comes and spends a day with us and we plan out all sorts of things. We really have a very in-depth look at everything going on. 
as are the quarterly meetings with our bank manager who comes to see us four times a year, just for two hours at a time. But again, gives us a moment to talk things through. Um, My diary is electronic, but it does feed into my online booking systems, my one-to-one work with clients and podcast recordings. But not everything I have is electronic. For some stuff, I don't follow the herd. And I have a task on a spreadsheet because I know for some things, if I had them on a spreadsheet, it would weigh heavily on me and it just wouldn't get done. For example, you know, when I'm buying property, I chase, as everybody does, at 30, 60, 90, and 120 days. But I do this by printing out a copy of the details when I first failed to get my offer accepted. And I put all the relevant details onto that piece of paper and I pop it into an old-fashioned cardboard concertina. You know, I'm very visual. That's what gets me moving. So I just look into my concertina, find it, see what needs to be chased, speak to the agent, mark it up on the next date, pop it back in, end of story. Now, if I had to open my laptop, click it, find the right spreadsheet, I wouldn't happen. It all sounds too exhausting, frankly, already. Whereas, you know, looking under my desk, reaching down for the concertina, having a quick flick through it, oh, that's easy. I can do that with a cup of coffee. So simple. I can see this simple, never seems difficult. And I know it won't take me much time to do. So it gets done. So know thyself and build your systems accordingly. And that takes half the strain of overwhelm away. It really does. Now, when you take on something new in a business, and we all will take on new things in, in property. You know, just because you've been doing it a couple of years doesn't mean to say you're not going to learn something new. You will find yourself starting to do new business model. You'll be going into SA when you've only ever done single lets or HMOs or something else. And it takes up a bit more bandwidth. And when you start these things up, you've got to keep a really good track of what you're now doing, which is different and taking up time, because you've got to make sure that once you get through the learning curve, that you can actually go back to your normal levels of work. You haven't bolted on a whole new strata of stress and effort. I've got a a friend who's got a holiday let business to die for. Prime locations, fully booked, you know, top end rents, absolutely lovely. But, you know, we don't see them from April to November on Thursdays through to Sunday. These are their main changeover days. And unbelievably, age 60 plus, they clean the properties themselves. Now, not because they can't outsource or delegate. They've got amazing businesses which are fully automated and do all sorts of things which are not property. Now, so they are quite capable of doing all of that. The problem and why they do it is that they once had, and I am talking here years ago, they had a bad review about the cleaning. And that bad review has taken root and has now put all rational thoughts into the shade. You know, no one can clean as well as them. The fact that their competitors seem to manage, you know, with delegation doesn't seem to matter to them. You know, this is absolutely enforced self-work and it does cause them a lot of stress in their personal life. If you actually see them during the height of the season, they are very stressed. They are not having a good time and all the money in the world really isn't making up for the fact that, you know, they're not going to get these times back. Their children will grow up without them type thing. So you've got to be absolutely aware of sometimes how you're self-sabotaging yourself and making the overwhelm happen. Now, it may be that you're a new landlord. Well, I think new landlords suffer because they have spent all that time, not to mention money, getting the perfect house in the perfect location to the perfect standard. And then they spend far too long worrying about what the tenant is doing. Don't worry about the tenant because you really don't want to know. That is a recipe for disaster. Your agent will tell you quick enough. 
Because again, landlords, I can tell you now, you're going to suffer from a problem that somebody else will have had at some point. There are no new problems ever under the sun as a landlord. They're a statistical norm. At some point, you are going to have a malicious tenant. Absolutely, you will. You'll have a drug addict. And that's a given across the social board. It doesn't matter what kind of housing you let out. You'll have someone who fails to pay the rent. You will have to evict somebody. You will get very familiar with the court system. You may have somebody who ups and leaves overnight, leaving you with a huge bill. I once had somebody who literally, I mean, they had a last lunch, as far as we could work out, and then picked up their handbags and left. It was like the Murray Celeste when we went in there a few weeks later, apart from the mould that was absolutely everywhere on the food. Big bill, that one was. And I've also had an attempted murder, a tenant who's died, and domestic violence damage. Statistically, this will all happen to you. And it's very wise to remember that this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about them. And if you remember that it that way, it does put a little distance between you and the problem. And somehow that makes it feel an awful lot better. Partly, it works if you've remembered from the start that you're going to have to deal with one of these things sooner or later. So you've set up the kitty which has the funds in it. So you just send it to the agent and they deal with it. And you've also got to get used to having conversations with the agent about these things in a completely neutral way. And I find that you know you're in one of these conversations when you find yourself saying, I'm sorry, the tenant's done what? And then hopefully it's anger followed by laughter. And once you've got that all over and you had a good talk about the amazing whatever it is that the tenant's done, that you get down quickly to business and you get it sorted out and moved on. I've also been accused of harassment via solicitor's letters several times. That I have found very difficult to deal with. I mean, the first time I was puffed up with fury, absolutely livid. How dare they? I'd not even spoken to them. You know, I was unable to do anything for days. Now, when it happens, as I say, it happens fairly regularly. It's just a call to my solicitor who sends a replying letter pointing out that as a landlord, I'm fully entitled to remind a client that the rent has to be paid and that there will be consequences if it's not. Yes, well, that I find overwhelming because it just stops me from doing anything in my tracks. But I've learned to breathe and go through it. And as I say, I've put a system into place to prevent it causing me a problem in the future. So we're all different. And what may overwhelm one person will be water off the ducks back to another. I work with clients to work on their businesses, not in it. Uh, and that allows them to step back and ensure that they don't suffer from overwhelm. Or if they are, that we can work out what to do and how to get them out of it. To get plans in place, KPIs into place, and occasionally to mentor on a property business model or a technique, which then clarifies the mind. Sometimes all that's needed to take us from overwhelm to calm is an outside pair of eyes to see the pinch points or the lack of knowledge about something. If you want to know more, then go to my website, racheltroughton.com. And don't forget, I spell my name R-A-C-H-A-E-L and either book a discovery call or book a session directly with me. My details are in the show notes. Let's get working together because overwhelm is exhausting and counterproductive. You know, we're in the business for ourselves to create financial freedom and to build the life we want to lead and then to have time to enjoy it. Sometimes I think that orthodox thought have absolutely nailed it. And as I went to a convent school for nine years, there are actually many sayings that pop into my mind. 
but the best for overwhelm is this. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, the nuns were very firm on their interpretation of this. This was not a license to give in, to be passive or accepting. Rather, it was having the permission to go for it, to be selective and understand the risks and the challenges. We all experience overwhelm at some point. And if we don't, then we're probably not doing enough. But if you are, be kind to yourself and step back. Identify and eliminate the problem or find somebody to work with. Don't stay in overwhelm, though. It's not a normal position to be in just because you're a solopreneur. Thank you for listening to The Property Solopreneur with me, Rachel Troughton. If you've enjoyed this episode, do hit subscribe and kindly leave a review and share this podcast with anyone you think it would help on their property journey. If you'd like to get hold of my guide for building a successful property business, go to racheltroughton.com forward slash checklist. We only live one life. So let's get your dream a reality through building a profitable property business.